Hello there, and welcome to Potshot, Arsenal Women's Edition. I'm your host, Will. Listener, it's 2024. I hope you had a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a jolly festive period, or insert your own seasonal salutation of choice. It might be a new year, but it's the same old voices on the podcast because, as always, I am joined by Sebastian Hund. Seb, how are you? How was your festive season? I'm good. Festive period went well. But I have a bone to pick with you, Seb. Oh, this is a good start to the year. Do you remember last time we were on here that Mm -hmm. at some point in the podcast you jokingly said that as a non-native speaker I tend to use words that sound logical but aren't necessarily English words? Uh-huh. And the example you used was the word sensical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, being the pedantic person that I am, I went on the Oxford English Dictionary's library. Oh, no. And looked up the word sensical. And it is a word. It's a derivational, wow. it's a derivational uh, ad- adjective. Started being used in the late 1700s. First earliest known use of the word was in 1795 in the writings of Samuel Pratt. It's not a very commonly used word. It has about 0.05 occurrences per million words in the modern English language. But it is yet still a word. So joke's on you, I suppose. <laughs> I I apologize. Uh, I am not well versed with the, re- with the writings of, of Mr. Pratt and it shows. <laughs> it's a problem talking um, to someone who has access to the Oxford English <laughs> database. That's true. Okay, well, first podcast of 2024 means the first pot shot question of 2024. I've turned over a new leaf this year, and my, my New Year's resolution is to make them simpler, at least for this <laughs> podcast. So this is going to be a really, really simple one, Seb. Um, and it is lime or lemon, one's got to go. Ooh. Lime for me. Yeah, why lime? Lemons are... I I feel like lemons are far more useful for cooking and for general use. I think there's a lot more use to be had out of a lemon than there is a lime. But perhaps that's sort of subjective thinking. But my first instinct would be to to go for the lime over the lemon, as to go. That's interesting because I think I think I would get rid of the lemon. I feel like I use limes more, but I also I, f- I think I prefer holding a lime. I think it's a nicer it's a nicer feeling. So firmer yeah. grip. Though I yes. would say the lemon has the superior color to the lime, so that's another thing. Yeah, that's true. Yellow lemon. Mm. It's just a nice thing. Quite zesty as well. That's true. And and the brightness of a lemon means it, it's hard to lose your lemons in the kitchen because they, they stand <laughs> out. So I that's guess lemons true. have a lot going for them. Here at Potshot, we Potshot, we um we respect all, all citruses. Yeah, there we go. A successful, a f- successful pot shot question to start off the year. Um, listener, feel free to write in with your with your answer. On to the recap. 
So January started with a new contract for Manuela Zinsberger. Noel Moritz left the club for Aston Villa and was replaced by Emily Fox, signed from North Carolina Courage, in time to make her debut against Watford. The Gunners won, seeing off their neighbours in a 5-1 win that sets up a tie against Man City in the next round. Arsenal were unchanged for the visit of Everton, where they took an early lead after a Bolova cutback was bundled home by Caitlin Ford. Everton equalised through Katia Snuis, but despite a good effort, they couldn't keep Arsenal out. Leah Belty crossed for Beth Mead to head home the winner. Cathy Cool and Gio left the club on loan to Everton and Madrid CFF, respectively, while Arsenal eased past Reading in the Conti Cup. Running out 6-0 winners, the game included a Stina Blackstinius hat-trick, as well as a first goal for Laya Podina, and most excitingly, Leah Williamson returned to the pitch following her ACL layoff. Most recently, Arsenal avenged their opening day defeat with a 2-0 win away to Liverpool in Jonas Eideval's 100th game in charge. The home team did well to frustrate Arsenal for much of the game, but Fifiana Miedemar proved the unstoppable force, scoring her first goal since returning to action as she fired past Laws from outside the area. That was followed by a second, Fox and Russo combining to set up Ford. Finally, Sarah Buhadi has joined the club on a short-term deal to provide goalkeeping cover. Wow, what an eventful month that was, Seb. There is a lot to cover, and I guess... To start with, we will talk about just how things have changed since 2023. It feels like um, it feels like we've seen. Well, I guess I will. I will caveat this by saying we usually talk a lot about league matches and not that much about domestic cup matches, and that's not going to change in this podcast. Um, but <laughs> it, it, it feels like we've seen what's become a fairly a fairly settled first. 11. How are you feeling about the the squad usage so far this year? I mean, we spoke at the start of the season how through the injuries that have occurred last season and everything in between, one of the biggest focuses of the season should be on sort of streamlining the squad and getting a team together that builds itself, builds relationships within it and builds coherence. And I think the January window has gone a long way in achieving that, both in getting players that probably weren't in the first team picture in Katikul and um, Gio out on loan, getting them experience, getting them game time, as well as getting Noel Maritz, who very clearly wasn't really part of the plans anymore, out, getting a more stylistically suited left uh, right back in. And I don't think it's been a coincidence that we've seen the same starting eleven for three out of the four games. I think the yeah. West Watford game, the same starting eleven that both league games had started all fulfilling roles that suit themselves and uh, a collection of players that have sort of varied profiles that they're able to fulfill different purposes for different games. I think we've seen as much between the Everton and the Liverpool game where different things were required and the same eleven was able to sort of shift themselves in a way to achieve both these things fairly successfully. As you mentioned, it was always going to be an interesting aspect of how the squad is used, both with kind of having in general a deeper squad but also with players returning from long-term injuries um obviously arsenal's star player laura wienreuter hasn't come back yet but um we saw beth mead score we saw viv score her first goal since returning from injury um and maybe 
kind of claiming that starting number 10 spot uh, as well. Um, and obviously we saw Leah Williamson as well um, back on the pitch. Uh, I didn't even, there was so much that happened. I didn't even have time to put this in the recap, but she got mm. an assist, um, which is which is also promising. Um, Not just an assist, but an assist in, in classically a Williamson fashion, clipping, yes, clipping the ball yes. over the back line to me to finish. That was that was great to see, and it's I, I guess the the flip side and something I'm curious about is kind of um, the the difficulty of managing a deeper squad when you don't have that many games. So I mean, one of the things I was thinking about was after. After the the Reading game, Stina scored a, a hat trick, and, and Jonas was was talking about her. And uh, I think it might have been to it might have been to Tim Stillman, and he was he was kind of talking about it's important that players kind of make the most of the minutes they minutes they get. And I was th I was thinking of this specifically because I saw in his Liverpool preview, Tim picked Stone uh, Stina as a potential starter, uh, and it's it's just interesting in terms of like. If you score a hat trick and you still don't start, there's an element of like it gets quite difficult with a with a large squad because there are there are quite a lot of talented players who and I mean also like Laia Cadena is another one we signed from Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Obviously she scored it she scored against Reading, but she's she's not really getting on the pitch and the, the return of Leah Williamson is gonna make that even <laughs> even harder for obvious reasons. Um, so I mean, I guess that's the that's the flip side of managing a deep squad. That it'll be interesting to see how well Jonas does that and kind of keeps everyone happy. Yeah, I, I think we've done well in aspects of that. Um, with Stina specifically being someone who just has a very good impact every time she comes on the field, and her general play style is just very suited to coming in in more chaotic game states and using her physicality and her her straight line running to just cause problems and create chances for herself and others i think there are aspects to be improved i think the laia codina thing is a bit of a mismanagement of squad roles insofar that she was brought in to fulfill a role had some unfortunate happenstance with the injuries uh Illestad played herself into the team to an extent with Leo Williamson, who I don't think the club expected to be back at this point. Uh, being back already, meaning that she seems like someone who was signed to fill a role that just isn't there anymore. Yeah. I think there's other ways the squad can be used better, specifically in with, with Chloe Lacasse, who has been very good in the minutes she's played. I think there's more scope in using her, especially as a sort of analog to Caitlin Ford on the left-hand side, which we haven't seen as much, but as a role she she's very good in. But I think generally it's it's a tough balance to strike in that with the amount of change that's happened from last season and the summer uh, to finding continuity while also making the squad happy as a whole. I think the Conti Cup goes a long way in achieving some of that as well as the FA Cup and that there are still games to be played where players can rack up minutes that wouldn't otherwise be available. Obviously, things would have been better if, if the Champions League was still uh, a thing we were competing in, but I don't think we should yes. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess as well, certainly with players like... Um, 
like Steve and Leonard Malnum, who I didn't even mm-hmm. mention, but obviously given the way given the way her previous season went, I'm sure would have kind of expected to have played more minutes uh, up till now. There's an element of when we have uh, I think Man City, Chelsea, Spurs, United all coming up within like a month of each other, they're both going to play you would think mm-hmm. a significant number of minutes in those games, um, which I kind of, I guess kind of balances it out. And I, I mean, I suppose the other point as well is that sometimes players won't be happy and that's just, that's just the way it goes. Like a manager's, yeah. a manager's job is also just to, to win. And if you want to play, then get yourself in the team. It's interesting because it's, it's a problem that we haven't really seen Jonas have to, have to manage up until now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But speaking Speaking specifically um, about an area of the squad, we've already touched on um, the number nine and number 10 positions. In the, uh, I think, as you said, in the three games so far, um, Viv has started as the 10 and Alessia Russo has started as the nine. Um, What do you, well, what have you, what have you made of that combination so far? I think there were, understandable doubts um considering her appearance in the game that shall not be named at the end of last year <laughs> where uh Viv looked anything other than convincing in that role and just a general lack of application <clears throat> but i think since coming back from from training camp and getting on this run i think she has looked more like herself and with acl injuries you always have that thing of players getting back to speed and getting their sharpness back and finding themselves back into the frame and i think in that she's done well in getting herself back there i think it's hard to compare with people like uh, beth mead who just immediately got back to a pretty good groove and i think the tandem with russo works quite well i to draw a comparison with the first team their relationship seems almost like the relationship between gabriel jesus and kai harvards where you have a very midfieldery striker and a very strikery midfielder who dovetail with one another and have very complementary attributes that are able to correlate with one another and get the best out of each other. It's a blossoming relationship. It's not something that works perfectly. And I think the Liverpool game is a perfect example that it has not yet worked as well as it could have, but there are definite green shoots there in what can happen with those two on the pitch together. And I think you already see the sort of game-breaking attributes with absolutely still has that are just important to the team and just things that you can't compensate with with just tactics or other players. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess um, to to kind of focus uh, kind of what what specifically stood out to you in the in the Liverpool game between the between the pair. Um, I think the Liverpool game for those two is a sort of tale of two halves. Uh, I think we struggled somewhat with Liverpool's pressing approach in the first half. Weren't quite able to get the movement right, weren't able to get the, the passing frequency and the passing tempo to a degree where we were able to threaten them in behind. There was a lot of static movement in and around the second third, not really able to get some sustained pressure in the final third where those two would be able to get more into play. I think some of that also has to do with a lack of clarity of when to drop. Uh, I think that was one of the things that was mentioned post-game as well, that 
one of the key reasons as to Liverpool being able to uh, us being able to attack Liverpool better in the second half is with timing her runs of when to drop deep and connect play and then moving from there a lot better and both goals sort of came out of situations that involved her in some way and involved another player we'll be able to come on to shortly um <laughs> and yeah so from that perspective i think it's as i said it's something that's has to grow and that has to sort of find itself in the automations of when one drops the other goes up and and so on i think russo had a pretty positive impact on the game as well uh was able to get the assist for the second goal to draw the question to to, to sort of spin this around what what did you think of those two and what do you make of the the russo medema combination i'm a fan i mean there's you know there's an element of if you have Alessia Russo and you have Fufiana Miedema, you just have to kind of find a way to to make them work. Um, you're you're right um, specifically with the with the Liverpool game, and I think I think you're right that after the game, Jonas spoke about trying to get Viv to to drop deeper. Um, and as you say, that you know, there's there's elements of kind of automatisms just take time. Um, yeah, in, in theory, I'm a big fan because I think. Viv obviously gives you um, a great kind of additional box presence uh, to mm-hmm. have at times with her with her when she unleashes her more strikerly instinct instincts, which she doesn't always do that often. Um, but uh, as you said, she she can she can absolutely break a game open, and I mean the Liverpool game is a perfect example of that. Um, and it, yeah, I mean it's it's true kind of the first half in general there was just a kind of a lack of things clicking basically in the final third and i think i think that will come with time but yeah i mean aside you know aside from the tactical the tactical stuff which is interesting there's an element of just you've got two really good attackers um and the the more you can kind of get them doing things the more likely you are to win games so yeah in the- in theory uh and in practice, from what I've seen so far, I'm a fan. Um, it's interesting as well, with Viv kind of taking that number 10 spot, I guess, again, it's interesting going back to uh, Leonardo Maunam, who is just such a completely different player to um, to Miedemar. And there's, a, there's an element of kind of, obviously it's useful to have different options for different things, but also... The flip side is that players aren't just kind of things that you can plug in and mm-hmm. and they and they click. Um, and I know I know there's and I think Jonas has spoken about this before. There's an element of kind of trying to find the partnerships or the triangles that, that work with different players. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about having a big squad. Which partnerships are, or which kind of combinations are better in different different game states or against different kind of different tactical setups? Yeah, and I think there's also an unintentional positive in this, in that we're still sort of regulating Viv's minutes, so there is always at least a twenty thirty minute gap where Monum can get back into the team and can sort of keep her momentum up and and work from there and work in in game states that are favorable to her and i think as soon as we get to that stretch of big games there are games and opponents that she'll do quite well against where perhaps the deficiencies in meter game out of possession 
necessitate her coming into the team and sort of giving us things that Viv from that side of the wall just can't. Fun fact, Russo and Stina are both on 5.2 XG in the league, which is joint second. Quick trivia, who's first? <laughs> Love putting you on the spot. Uh, who would be first? I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. It's Bunny Shaw. Oh, yes, of course. I, you know, I was, I was, what happened is I was thinking of Chelsea players and I was like, but Sam Kerr's injured. Yeah, seeing as we're on the, seeing as we're on the subject, um, you brought up Man City's attack. We are facing them in the next round of the FA Cup. Um, how, how worried are you about the, uh, the regularity with which they're scoring goals? It's a worrying aspect. It's slightly dampened by the fact that I we have historically been quite good in recent times against Manchester City. Especially, is it a home game? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, We've been quite good against Manchester City in recent past, especially at home. So that slightly goes in our favor. Um, I think they're a team that is so structured in their way of playing and want to sort of do this positional play thing almost dogmatically that our approach has caused them quite a bit of issues in that they're sort of susceptible to being pressed especially in in the organization that Arsenal do like to press them so I think there's I think it's a good matchup for us and a good test as well for the the important league games that come up after it with United and Chelsea I'm not looking forward to it, but I feel like I feel like it might be fun. I mean, obviously the the league game was was entertaining. Um, so yeah, it will be the big question. Be, I yeah. think is this Philippa Angeldahl playing for Philippa Angeldahl playing for Arsenal or Manchester <laughs> City at that point? Yes, that could that could well decide it. Um, but yeah, that will be. That will be hopefully an entertaining game and hopefully one that Arsenal win. And on that note, we will take a break. Listener, stay tuned for part two. And we are back. Listener, I hope you enjoyed that sweet jazzy jingle. On to our next topic. Um, I think everyone knew going into January that the transfer window would be tricky for Arsenal. They were already a player over the size of the squad that they could have. But Arsenal did manage to get uh, some good business done. There was one out and one in at right back. In a deal that involved three clubs and two players, Noel Moritz and Emily Fox, Somehow, Mark Skinner found a way to make himself the central character of the move. His ability his ability to find a situation in women's football and make it about himself is truly unparalleled. Um, Main character syndrome in its best form, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Mark Skinner. We're here to talk about Emily Fox. Seb, I have a tweet of yours here, which I am going to read aloud, and I think it sums up your your early impressions of Emily Fox fairly well. Fox is legit, all in caps, by the way. 
great positional awareness, technically secure, able to invert, great passer, 1v1, superb recovery pace, top. Seb, it sounds like your your early impressions of Emily Fox are pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, my, my Twitter hyperbole is probably not the best uh, thing to go <laughs> off here, but yeah, Seb, by pretty much everything I said on that one. Um, I've been impressed by the speed with which she's adapted to the team and sort of found a rhythm to play with with everyone and I think she offers a lot that both changes things in how we play and I think it's no surprise that Katie McCabe started every game uh, Fox has started with uh, Seth Catley playing pretty much exclusively at right back, uh, at left back in the first half of the season um, and just brings traits that are extremely important for us if if we look at the Liverpool game her ability to dribble out of tight situations where she's pressed against the touchline just broke their press on numerous occasions and sort of started the moves for both goals and that largely stems from her playing most of her senior minutes so far at left back and being as ambipedal as she is she's also able to play pass off both feet has really good technique is able to break lines with her passing uh, her ability to to sort of pass and being comfortable in more central areas has also allowed us to situate her and Katie McCabe more inside in first and second phase play, meaning that uh, that frees up Victoria Pelova to be more effective higher up the field, to have a sort of 2-3 rest defense structure with Ilerstetten, Wobbemoy, Deep, and Fox and McCabe flanking Leah Velti, while also as is Katie McKay, both are really physical players and have very good stamina. Both are, as I would describe them, Jonas players. And their abilities mean that they're able to not only facilitate second phase play from more central areas, but then also spring into attack and supply overlapping or underlapping runs to the wingers, meaning that Ford, that Ford has an option inside when she wants to isolate her fullback or someone who can get inside when she wants to get closer to goal. Same with Mead on the other side, whose finishing threat is one of the highest in the team. So having Fox there to not only help in deep build-up, but then get up the pitch and get Mead into better positions inside. It's just a very nice thing to have. She's a lot more multifunctional than than Moritz, uh, Moritz was, who was a sort of conventional fullback. A very good one at that, but someone who sort of had become a sort of redundance in the tactical system, as it were. Um, and with Fox, there's just a lot more malleability in how we want to play. I think there's also scope for it to improve even further. I like the idea of having her as a sort of inverting fullback on one side and Steph Catley on the other side to build a sort of 3-2 rest defense structure against better teams. Also, from that moving on there, we could also have McKay playing on the left-hand side to have profiles there that could then sort of form a situational back five in, in defense when we want to use that. So there's a lot, a lot of flexibility that she brings. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is her recovery pace, which is outstanding. I think she's probably our fastest defender in the team. And for a team that plays quite high up the pitch and relies on counter-pressing, having a sort of security blanket on that side is just really important to have and really good to have there. There was, I think, an entire podcast episode's worth of content in that one answer. I guess if, if we break it down, um, as you mentioned, 
no Almirates, like a very solid fullback, but um, a fullback who it felt like the team had kind of moved beyond. Um, and we saw that in terms of like, she just didn't play very much and Katie McKay played it right back fairly often. As you said, she's a more multifaceted footballer than Noel Moritz. Um, and something that kind of people have spoken about a fair amount is her ability to invert um, and the way that that in turn allows the team more generally to be more fluid or unpredictable or to, to be more varied in how they approach games. Um, so I guess if we if we start there, how yeah what have, what have you made of her ability to invert so far and how that's affected um, other elements of the team? I think rather than the inverting part, I think the multifaceted nature of it is is pretty important to discuss when we consider the two games we've played in the league against Everton, for example, a team that sat back a lot more and had we were tasked with breaking down a block more she put she held a wider position on the right hand side and our we attacked in a way that our pivots sort of split each side to overload the ball side and get more players there to get wide combinations going and get into the box that way against liverpool who employ this really aggressive 1v1 press um she was the catalyst in breaking them open in her ability to get inside from wide positions where she's sort of pressed against the touchline, getting inside and either playing a reverse pass through the lines on her left foot or switching it out to the other side with her right. Her ambipedal nature is just very important from that role and just something not a lot of fullbacks offer in that she can get out of those situations when pressed up and can sort of break lines with her passing off both feet, be unpredictable and lead to also just team aspects that improve in that through her having higher influence in deep build-up, Victoria Pulova is then able to, from her second pivot position, move higher up and affect play higher and move from there. So all around just a really positive way she influences the game. A bit similar to Katie McCabe, who started the season there. Their sort of responsibilities seem quite similar, but the execution's just a lot better considering Katie was playing on her weak foot and has a lot more angle biases when playing there considering her her limitations with her right foot having Fox there who has played on both sides and is so comfortable on both sides uh, just opens up the game far more you mentioned her her press resistance earlier and that's something that stood out to me as well particularly against Liverpool who obviously um did try and press Arsenal was a, a couple of times actually not where she necessarily like dribbled past her presser but um, a couple of times where she anticipated physical contact or, or um, anticipated a press and didn't necessarily win the duel but got herself in between mm-hmm. the opponent and the ball and kind of get the ball to say whoever was I guess it would have been Pullova um, yeah and it I mean it's interesting because it's not it's not particularly often that you see that you see fullbacks who are so intelligent um, in possession uh, and it, I mean it's, it stood out to me I guess as kind of an example of how she's she's 
more than your typical fullback. Um, and everything we've seen so far, so far, is quite exciting. Um, you spoke about how having a more multifaceted, to use your to use your term, um, having a more multifaceted right back then kind of allows you to do more with your sixes. Um, obviously, recently we've been we've been playing over as the the right-sided six quite a lot um and that's great because it means that you're then getting the likes of pullover further forward and into areas where they can create or potentially score goals more often which is which is a good thing i think you saw evidence of that somewhat already in the few games we've had i think she had four or five dribbles in each of the two games she's played it's far more licensed yeah. to drive up the pitch with the ball and make things happen there and it was her dribbling through three or four players that led to the Russo chance that could have opened the game against Liverpool. And that just goes to show that through that liberation, we were able to exploit her qualities in a game where those were needed against 1v1 presses. The, the way you break those up is using individual superiority to win 1v1 duels that are just forced through that way of pressing to then exploit spaces. And through Pelova and Fox later in the second half, that was precisely the thing that led to us scoring goals and winning that game. Okay, I guess I guess more generally, um, there's been <clears throat> there's been talk of of Arsenal kind of working over the winter break to try and get better at, at breaking down deep blocks in, in particular. Um, and as you as you mentioned, the two. The two Merseyside teams we faced so far um, approached the game with kind of quite different, quite different tactics off the ball, which is which is useful because it's given us a chance to see how we do against a team that's going to press us more and how we do against a team that's going to sit deeper and look to frustrate us. Um, so, how how much do you think we've improved in 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 that sense over the winter break? I think we have improved. I think we've, we're not where we need to be. I think that much is fairly uncontroversial to say. But I think the positive here is that we can see the green shoots of where the improvement comes from. Against Everton, we were able to sort of play around their block and create chances from there. I think we had four or five big chances in that game. And we're terribly... We're territorially dominant for the entire game, apart from the 10 minutes at the end where the team just completely lost the train of thought mm. in their way of playing. Sort of similar in the Liverpool game where, though the first half was quite stodgy and there was a general lack of incisiveness in our play, we did maintain a level of territorial dominance and control on the game, especially through our counter-pressing. That meant that we we were able to limit the opponent to almost nothing in terms of actual chances themselves. It was only fourth clean sheet we've had all season. But I think with that and with seeing Pelova being able to be involved more in seeing Viv and Russo start to understand each other, start to get those automations going, having meet back on, on her side and sort of creating those almost instinctive interactions that her and Viv have with one another. There are screen shoots there that we can exploit. There, I think having both of our strikers on 
the second highest XG in the league is is a positive as much as it sort of hints at his lack of finishing, though I would probably put that more down to luck more than anything, at the moment at least, or sort of Yeah. Um It's also funny considering the the large discrepancy in, in Russo and Vexlinius minutes that they're on exactly the same expected goals. Although that also goes to show uh how Stina enters game states that are very favorable to her ability to to create chances for herself. Yeah. Get into chaotic game states that she can exploit with her her physical attributes as well. Yes, that's right. Um I I have no idea what your answer to this might be. It might be like, no, not really. But has um Amanda Illestep looked any different to you so far this year? I don't think the player changed. I think she is what she is. She's a very solid central defender who has some slight limitations in her her physical game. Yeah. But I think her looking better over the last few weeks is just a consequence of the team looking a lot more settled. I think if she were to accept the role as a sort of third center back, that's probably going to get a lot of minutes next season. Yeah. I think having her in the team is is a net positive, and I think the pickup itself is is a good thing we've done. Quite opposite to to the Lyakolina deal that just looks quite weird in hindsight. Um, but I think the the player is the player is the player, but increased team dynamics led to her looking a lot more solid and looking a lot more settled within the team. Yes, I think that's I think that's. Um... I think that's right and it's um it's not a particularly important point i just i don't know i feel like feel like it's nice for her to get a few flowers um, considering you you ask this do you have an opinion on that i mean my my opinion's the same like i don't think she as an individual has improved i think think she's at the level that she will be at and, and it's kind of i mean it's been the story generally specifically with the defenders that like at the start of the season everything looked really not great <laughs> And then just like, you know, as a defense plays together, together, like they look better, right? Um, and like things looked better defensively. And I feel like in possession, things have looked um, a bit better. And like you say, I think I think as much as anything, that's down just to, to improvements um, systemically rather than individually. Yeah, that's Amanda Illestep. So you, you spoke about kind of the, the combination of Fox and Catley on, uh, sorry, Fox and McCabe on opposite flanks. Um, you spoke about the potential to see like Fox and Catley. I bring that up just because we haven't really seen that much of Steph Catley so far this year. Like we've seen more of McCabe than we have of Catley. Could you go over the the potential ways that you could see? Fox and Catley complementing each uh sorry yeah Fox and Catley can complement each other I think this is all about profiles right mm-hmm. I think a large part of why McCabe and Fox started the last two games in the league is that we were playing against opposition where we are expected to have most of the ball and need to solve problems with ourselves in possession meaning against Everton breaking down low blocks against Liverpool breaking the press 
as we've mentioned already, I think what Catley offers, there is a level of security on the ball as well as a security in defense. She can basically facilitate being a third defender in the team, being a third center back in the team. And I think with her, especially in big games, she offers us quite a lot there as well as just a and an additional thing that's perhaps less tangible is just a a symbiotic understanding with Caitlin Ford on her side yeah which is another thing that can improve um but purely speaking about the profiles those players have we spent a lot of time last season and this season finding ways to to be at our best against big teams and Jonas's idea for a lot of that has been playing with a back three playing with a just normal back three. Yeah. Three central defenders to to fullbacks, etc. But I think a lot of that, especially in, in terms of rest defense structure, can be achieved by having profiles that lend themselves to those roles in situational uh, situationally. Meaning, in possession, Steph Catley can operate as the third defender, uh, as the third central defender, and Fox can move into midfield as a sort of second pivot to push Pelova higher up and create that sort of rest defense structure that you would have with a back five against these opponents um, while still playing more or less in the way you are playing at the moment, which is just in in the sort of structure that you already have trained. So that's an interesting aspect and something that I, I'd like to see, for example, and just goes to show the the way we can now find different solutions based on the flexibility these players have okay well listener that's all we have time for in this episode seb as always thank you very much for joining me thank you seb thank you to james blake who made the music for this episode you can find them on spotify at jw blake uh, please remember to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app of choice as long as it's a good rating if you're going to give us a bad rating don't um our socials are in the show notes and that's it for now go well